Welcome to the Echo Cast. I am Bon. Let's talk about games. This week, we'll be talking about a giveaway I am doing for a one to one scale wearable Mass Effect N7 helmet. And you can enter by using a link on my Twitter at Bon Diesel. We'll be also talking about the Xbox and Bethesda game showcase, Activision investigating itself, MetaHuman updates, and a whole bunch more. A few things before we get started on the show. Subscribe to the show on your platform of choice. And if you are on Spotify or iTunes, please rate the podcast. Leave a review if you must. Make it five stars. Come on. Come on. On YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like this video, and hit the bell icon in order to be notified of other videos I post. And last, please join the show's Discord by clicking the link in the description of the podcast or video below. Gaming news. Let's get into it. Uh, Obviously, the big topic, uh, at least for me this week, is going to be the Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase. I'm not going to cover every single game. Um, In in 90 minutes, they covered a lot. Um, I'm basically going to cover everything that was of interest to me or that I found to be um, uh, important. So let's jump into it. Um, I'll give my thoughts on the whole show at the end. Uh, Redfall. uh, I guess I'll preface this with... um, They did kind of bamboozle a little bit by starting off the show being like, hey, this is going to be the next 12 months of our games. And that was essentially putting their foot down and saying, if you don't see it today, it's not canceled. It's just we want to show what's coming in the next 12 months, which is important because with Redfall and Starfield getting delayed, there's a lot of people saying like, hey, why do I even have Game Pass right now? And I think what this show was supposed to do was to say, this is why you should have Game Pass for the next year. How well that made that argument is up to you, but I think it made it pretty well. The first game that I noticed, and I believe it was the first game they showed was Redfall. Um, This is a project that I um, was supposed to come out this summer that was announced last year. I don't think anyone actually believed that was going to happen because before it even got delayed, we still had no idea what type of game this actually was or what was supposed to be. Uh, And so then it got delayed and it was really interesting. Starfield and Redfall got like bundled together when they got delayed. But I think the anticipation for Starfield is like, like a unique level and you may laugh or disagree, but right up there with Elden Ring, in my opinion. Um, obviously, Elden Ring, you know, met its hype. We'll see if Starfield does or not. But like just the um, Bethesda putting out their first new IP since Elder Scrolls, because Fallout's not even their IP to start. And this is, you know, this is a big deal. Starfield is. And so... The Redfall, in my opinion, kind of got lost in the 
in the conversation a little bit, even though it was bundled with Starfield, because people were really upset about Starfield being delayed. No one really cared about Redfall because we didn't know what it was, but now we do. Uh, and Redfall appears to be, it's really interesting that the first takes on it were that it was like a Rainbow Six Siege, like Left 4 Dead kind of mashup. But now from things that we know about it, uh, after the show and even during the show is that it seems like it's like a really single player focused thing uh be, like for for instance if you have people play with you in co-op only the host of the session progresses their story everyone else is basically just there to play um and so that suggests that you're you know it's it's you know gonna be uh, more intended to be a single player experience. Now, maybe they'll adjust that as time goes on, who knows? Um, but yeah, very interesting. Um, and it looked good. Um, I, I liked its aesthetic. It, it's not going for like a realistic aesthetic, which like how realistic can you go with like flying vampires? Right. Um, but I liked it. I thought it was interesting. Um, I thought that it, um, it, it looked fun for whatever whatever that means right um it still wasn't like pure pure gameplay like it was like an engine like i'm sure someone was at the sticks right um but it was you know as much of a trailer as it was gameplay um my take on it at the end of the day is that before i saw the redfall uh teaser or trailer or whatever i didn't care that got delayed I am now interested in when it comes out. Uh, and, and I think that's progress, right? So, yeah, Redfall seems interesting. I'm, I'm interested in it now and I wasn't before. I would say that's a victory for Xbox. Uh, the next game of note for me was Hollow Knight Silk Song. Never played Hollow Knight. Uh, those games, um, I like, I actually love those games, but I'm bad at them. I'm so bad. Um, like Celeste, I know Celeste is a great game. I know you can even basically turn on like a God mode, but I hate playing that game, even though I know it's a really good game and, you know, games like Hollow Knight and a bunch of others kind of fall into that too. Dead Cells, that's kind of more in the, the roguelike thing, but still like, I'm just not good at them. Um, but I recognize how big of a deal um, Xbox getting to announce the Hollow Knight Silk Song game is. And um, I think that was really cool. And there, I saw a lot of people were, you know, very excited about it. And um, it seems like that's going to be a really good thing because I believe it's going to be on Game Pass and all of that stuff. So um, that's a big deal. Uh, the next one of note for me was the Riot Games deal. Um, I couldn't care less about uh, Valorant, League of Legends, all of that. The only thing I actually care about with uh, Riot is uh, the XKD or whatever band, like the the virtual girl band uh, that just their music videos are bonkers. The songs are so good. Uh, there's a really good one called Popstar. That's just the catchiest song ever. It's wild. Um, that and then, uh, and of course, I'm not going to be able to think about it off the top of my head here. The uh, Netflix animated series um, is really good. It's so good. And I don't even I don't know the first thing about League of Legends, but they take those characters and they've been making these stories about them outside of that game world. And like someone like me, I consider myself like 
a like third party League of Legends fan, even though I don't know anything about the game. I've only heard awful things about it that it's toxic, it's 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 nasty, but it's it, it got me. So what this deal was was basically that if you have Game Pass, either Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate, you'll have to look. I can't remember off the top of my head. It'd be great to have notes, right? Um, most of their games are free to play, but they're like the individual heroes and stuff aren't in their games. But if you have Game Pass and you connect that to your Riot account, you'll get all of those things for free. I, I think one of the games, I, th I think it was League of Legends. It's like a $500 value. Um, that's a big deal. There's a lot of people who play those games and there may be people who simply sign up for game pass just to get those things unlocked. And then, which is, I assume this is Microsoft's plan all along with the thing like this is get people in for that really good deal that they want for that one thing. And then maybe they'll try this game and maybe they'll try that one. And then maybe, you know, and then they stick with it and they keep, you know, the game pass and all that. So um, the Riot Games thing is another one that I'm not really personally interested in, but that I think is a huge deal for Xbox and was a really big thing for them to get to announce here. Uh, and I believe that's happening this winter. Uh, the next game of note for me was a Plague Tale Requiem. Um, admittedly, I haven't played the Plague Tale Innocence. Um, I, I think I have it downloaded. I just need to get in. Um, but I've heard rave reviews about it. It's a big deal. Um, I believe it's on Game Pass right now, and I think they even did a 4K upgrade. So I really need to play that. Um, I, but them getting this as a, I believe it's a day one Game Pass game. It looks really good. Um, the aesthetic of the game is so cool, and it's starting to delve into that. Like Xbox is, it seems like they're kind of being like, hey, we probably aren't going to make a whole bunch of like over the shoulder third person action adventure games. These are games I, I call PlayStation exclusive games. Like it seems like all of their amazing exclusives are all that like pretty similar style of game and Xbox doesn't have many of those. And I think this is their kind of um, th their way of doing that, even though Requiem will come out on the PlayStation as well. It's not exclusive um it's you know them putting these kind of games on game pass is like it's not exclusivity but it is them saying like hey you know it, this might be the best place to play it because you can just you know you can pay a subscription and play this game and hundreds of others but over there you can have to pay 70 bucks for it you know so um it, it looked really really good i'm very excited to play it and i really do need to play um in a sense before uh, this comes out for sure uh, the next one for me was Forza. Um, so I'm going to talk about Motorsport. There was a Forza Horizon DLC shown. Uh, it's a Hot Wheels DLC. So not only is it Hot Wheels cars, but it's also Hot Wheels like tracks through the world. Looks bonkers. So cool. But Motorsport really stole the show for me. I think from a uh, look at what our next gen can do point of view, which is something that neither console has really done that great so far. Um, for this show, I think Forza Motorsport was the star. Um, they showed off all this really cool tech. They showed off all this wild detail, this deformation of the vehicles, the way that like they're even adding in, and this is more for the race sim type of thing, like the humidity and the, the, the temperature of the track due to the temperature of the air and whether the sun is hitting it or not. And like different parts of the track will behave differently if they're in the sun or not. Uh, it's just, I, I actually really like Forza because I think it 
kind of kept pushing things forward the way I was a big Gran Turismo kid back in the day, like Gran Turismo 1, Gran Turismo 2. Um, and then I started playing the Forza games and where I feel like Gran Turismo kind of just rested on its laurels a little bit. Um, I feel like Forza really kept trying to push it forward with like customizing cars and, and careers and all this stuff. Like, um, I, I'm really excited for Motorsport. I think that it just looks like it's going to be really fun. I like Horizon, but I just prefer a little bit more grounded feeling like the way that with Horizon, you can basically just point your car in the direction of your waypoint and just drive through everything, no matter what kind of car you have. That's fun. But I do like the idea of more like competitive racing with damage that matters and this and that and the other um, motorsport from both a visual and from a gameplay feature point of view sounds really, really cool. And they've even detailed a little bit since the show um, talking about how the um, um, career is uh, they've like they've bumped that up a bunch. So we're going to see. Um, you know, a more in-depth career mode. And um, and that's awesome. That's that's something I am here for. Uh, the next game was Minecraft Legends. Um, I'm not a big Minecraft guy. I could care less about Minecraft. Uh, but what was exciting to me was um, I love real-time strategy games. And this game, before the show, there were rumors about a Minecraft RTS. And when this showed, I was like, oh, this is the Minecraft RTS. And I don't think it really is, or I think it's like kind of an RTS, but it looks like it's more like hands-on than just being like an over the, you know, up high, like God mode type of thing um, where you're actually playing as like the main character and maybe you're doing some of that stuff as well. So um, at the very least, I'm somewhat interested in, and it did tout itself as like an action strategy game and stuff like that. So I'm into that for sure. Um, I've always meant to try out Minecraft Dungeons because I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, I know it was like a little bit content sparse when it first came out, but it sounds like it's very popular and, and doing very well uh, to kind of fill that like Diablo kind of niche for kids, essentially. So, yeah. Uh, the next game was Lightyear Frontier. This is a game that you may, if, even if you watch the show, you may be like, wait, what's that game? That's the one that looked like it was like No Man's Sky and Farmville smashed together, where you drive around in these mechs and you farm on like alien planets, I think. Um, the game was so gorgeous and it just looked so fun. It, it was like quaint. Um, you know, like you probably don't have to like fight off waves of 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 you know aliens and and the, and lots of other awful things um it, it seems like you're you're probably able to just uh you know to 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 just enjoy uh you know some some simple some nice simple gameplay and and i think that would be uh a nice change from the typical rigmarole um the next game that popped out to me was the last case of benedict fox um, I thought this just looked um, so beautiful and I just thought it looked so cool and um, I just indie games are so wild right now and like obviously like Xbox is going to be depending a lot on like big time indie games and like third party AAA games with games like Starfield and Redfall and stuff delayed um, you know they're obviously going to be resting on you know, Game Pass having these third-party games and a game like this with the last case of Benedict Fox, it's like this like side-scrolling like 
uh, action game. It's hard to describe. You really need to go check it out. It's not the type of game that someone would, would go out and buy like an Xbox for, right? But it is the type of game, in my opinion, where someone would have like Game Pass uh, because they want to play Halo Infinite or, um, or or another game that like maybe does sell consoles. But then they would keep Game Pass because of games like The Last Case of Benedict Fox or Lightyear Frontier or Plague Tale Requiem. Um, and, and, and that's why I think it was really important for them to show that. And it looked really cool to me. Uh, as Dusk Falls um, was shown, this was shown last year as well. It kind of reminds me of like a more comic booky or less like directly involved like Telltale game. Um, it has a kind of a cartoon, not really a cartoon art style because they're realistic looking characters. It's really interesting and it seems like it's going to deal with a bunch of big time jumps. Um, it seems like it's going to have something to do with an event that happens at like a gas station or something where there's like a robbery and, and probably depending on the choices you make, there's people who die or don't die or who are traumatized or who aren't. Um, and then it looks like there's going to be at least one big time jump where you um, are dealing with the consequences of those decisions that were made earlier. And so I don't know if it's gonna be like a timeline that, that goes like back and forth or if it's gonna be in order or what, but um, it just has some like really cool vibes. And I think that's really cool. Uh, the next game uh, I wanna talk about is Pentiment. So this is actually one that's coming directly um, that's coming it's a first party game um, but it's like a double a game it's not a big triple a title i believe this is by obsidian i think is who's making this one um and which is a big deal um because they're working on like four big projects right now this seems like it was significantly smaller but it seems like it's kind of like a um uh, like a, i believe it's like a renaissance era murder mystery where it's like a 2d cartoony style really unique looking game and it just looked really interesting i guess is the best way to put it so pentiment was definitely one i'm interested in again it may not be a game that sells the console but it's a game that keeps people around um in the um you know that keeps people around game pass especially there um is uh, the next game was Grounded, so that's another Obsidian game, um, I believe, and it was basically them announcing like the 1.0. So um, this game's been in like a beta phase for I think two years or like an early access phase. Um, I've played it a little bit. I found it too hard, <laughs> which I think it's supposed to be like kind of a kid's game. Like it's obviously like you play as children who have been shrunk and are trying to escape their yard and, and be big again. Um, I, I think it is more adult theme than, than I initially assumed, but I'm just, it's like a pure survival game and I'm not very good at those. And it's hard for me to like really dive into them. Um, but I have been kind of waiting. I, I played it. I was like, okay, this is cool. Now I want to wait till it's like out, out. And it seems like that's happening. I believe it's this fall, um, where they're going to release the 1.0, where you're going to be able to do the whole story. I think up till this point, only half of the story has been available. So now you'll be able to finish it. And I assume and begin, you know, do, do the thing that you're supposed to do, but this is just such a fun little side project. I am from them the most excited about the outer worlds too. I love the outer worlds one. Um, it was like a shave down, like fallout experience. It wasn't the longest game in the world, but like the characters were so cool. Um, like Parvati, 
is like on my list of like one of my favorite companions in a game ever. She was just so cool and I really enjoyed. Um, she did a thing that I've always really enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed like in Andromeda when I was playing as the male rider. Um, when you try to flirt with Suvi, who's one of the pilots and she doesn't bark up your tree. Um, that like in, in the role playing games, it's so common for um, I'll use a Mark Dara uh, word for um, the characters in the games, the NPCs to be player sexual, where they're attracted to your character no matter what. Uh, it doesn't matter if their actual character is, you know, can you know, canon wise, if they're bi or lesbian or straight or whatever. Um, and what I liked about like trying to romance Suvi as the male rider or trying to romance uh, like Trainer in Mass Effect 3. Um, as as M Shep, uh, they they aren't into you. That's not your thing. And there's something about being rejected in those games that's cool because it it gives you at least a little bit of a hint of like realism that no, not every single person in the universe wants to bone your character. And so like part of why I like Parvati is that you find out you know pretty far into the game that she's not barking up your tree. Um, and that's really cool. I thought that was I thought that was an interesting like, oh, this world doesn't revolve around me. These people all have their own prerogatives. And um, so while that's, you know, the Outer Worlds 2 is the game I'm really looking forward to. I hope they really expand that, make it like a big, big AAA feature. This grounded game, I at one point thought was really stupid that they were even making it. And it seems like they found an audience and it's a very like Sea of Thieves type of thing where like initially you're kind of like why does this exist and then as time goes you're like oh that's why and that's really cool uh the next game was diablo 4 like you know obviously what was really interesting about this announcement was that like like xbox is buying activision blizzard or they're attempting to right but that hasn't gone through yet and it probably won't for a while and so i was really surprised to see anything activision blizzard but we had Diablo 4. They um, announced the Necromancer class, which I guess was in 3, but wasn't announced yet for 4. But they tried to make it, I don't know. It was an interesting reveal. But even before that deal closes, which when that deal closes, you would assume it's going to be Game Pass. It's going to be, you know, all those things. It's going to be that anyways. Um, and that's a that's a pretty big deal. Um, Diablo 4, I know 3 had some failings, I believe got fixed up for the most part but they did leave the door open to games like path of exile and stuff like that it's still diablo diablo is diablo is diablo and i still think it will end up being a pretty popular thing and um, i think it's a pretty big get for xbox to get to show it during their show and to have that game pass appeal uh, speaking of sea of thieves before um they talked about season seven of uh, season seven uh, season seven um of that not a game I'm interested in, but it is a big success story for Xbox and Microsoft. Um, a game that came out that was a little rough. People didn't really know why it existed. And now, like, if if you meet someone who likes Sea of Thieves, you will know. They will let you know. The people who enjoy that game are passionate about it. And it seems like it's earned it. So um, I, I that's an, it's another game on the list where I'm like, I need to check that out. I think I'll have fun with that. Um, but I'm not there yet. Now, probably the king of games I don't give a crap about, but are a big friggin' deal is Persona 3, 4, and 5 coming to Xbox. Um, 
there I, I listen to the kind of funny podcast a lot uh, to their family of podcasts and uh, one of the one of the producers there Barrett um, has always been really big about being like oh yeah these games are never coming to Xbox now I don't know exactly what games he was talking about I guess there are some that have come the persona games but some that like were never going to I think these are some of those where people really didn't think that was going to happen um, but it, it's happening and it's going to be on Game Pass and that's a big deal I don't really know if it means any big changes for the future i think that until xbox really establishes itself as like a more competitive um asian especially japanese brand um it's just not gonna be you know they're never gonna get a big nod from the games that are the most popular there and that's just the way it is xbox is gonna have to do the work to earn those games basically uh, the second to last one I was going to talk about here is the Kojima game. So this is the one game I think that was announced that isn't really expected to be like out in the next year. Um, it, all indications are this game that the the, uh, the negotiations between Xbox and Kojima probably didn't end that long ago. And so there's a pretty good chance this is you know very deep and pre-production still and won't be out for years um but xbox getting an exclusive kojima game matters that's a big deal it's been rumored for a while um the reaction to this was really stupid um it was interesting because like there were people who basically feel like kojima is essentially like a first party playstation guy so him doing this is this big betrayal my whole pushback was like he I mean, that is the exact kind of attitude he was trying to get away from, uh, you know, by leaving Konami. And so, like, uh, this it's like a weird take. And I saw people being like, well, people got just as upset when there were timed exclusives for PlayStation. Like, Xbox people got mad. Like, this is like a different thing. Like, like the, 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 the paid exclusives or the, the, the timed exclusives and stuff like that. That's a much different con uh, conversation then this guy just working with a new platform with for with his studio you know they dropped a bunch of cash on his on his table and he said okay and now he's doing the thing and then finally starfield um so this finally showed uh, again you know a few weeks ago they announced it's being delayed to sometime in 2023 we don't really have a date yet most of the rumors are thinking the first quarter but it could be later um, and what we saw was a Bethesda game in space. Um, and, and as someone who loves Bethesda games, that's the highest compliment I can give, right? Like I thought it was really cool. Um, genuinely, I think the fidelity of the, the imagery looks really good. I think that they've taken leaps, maybe not the biggest leaps, but, but big leaps forward and uh their character models and even like people are ragging on they're still doing the zoomed in like face-to-face -face conversations um that's just their style and i think that's okay and what i don't think people paid enough attention to in that specific thing is that like in the old fall even fallout 4 they'll just like sit there and they just like stare at your camera if you look at the footage from the starfield reveal like they're kind of like they're moving their shoulders like they are moving their bodies and their their faces are very expressive they look much more human than they have in previous games um i thought that part looked great um you know 
they showed off base building they showed off big cities they showed off ship building they showed off um, some combat which didn't look great just kind of like the the other stuff that was that's Bethesda doesn't make great combat like they they make combat that's good enough to tolerate because the rest of the game is so good and then they kind of wrapped up with what's become one of the more controversial things of Todd Howard doing his big like flop his donger on the table moment where he says like and there's a thousand plus planets you can explore and now the conversation for the next six months is people are going to be like oh but are they all just going to be empty which yeah they probably will be um most of them and uh, they did do a follow-up interview where they clarified that yeah there's i think there's like four or five big cities um and then there's probably gonna be like a few dozen planets that have like little settlements and side missions and stuff like that and then there's just gonna be a bunch of barren planets with nothing uh probably for resource gathering and that's because that's you know if we ever settle space in a large way you know, we're not going to settle every planet. <laughs> not every planet can sustain life. Not every planet is useful to settle. And so, um, you know, anyone who instantly had this idea of like, oh my gosh, there's going to be a thousand fully handcrafted planets with full civilizations and stuff like one, you just haven't paid attention to Bethesda games before, uh, even when they just have one large map, the whole map isn't just littered with everything. It has, you know, open space. And I think a lot of these thousand plants are going to be the open space of Starfield. Uh, and I think that's okay, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, overall, I thought the Starfield um, announcement was, was really good. The, my biggest complaint was that it's a bummer that they must've had to have showed off some pretty choppy footage. Uh, the frame rate looked like it was struggling to keep 30 if it was, and I don't think it was. And some of the scenes, um, and the combat looks like pretty lackluster. Now, um, digital foundry did do a video this week talking about the show and they pointed out that there's a bunch of stuff that looks like they just don't like have some stuff on yet. Like when it comes to, um, some lighting stuff and, um, uh, like anti-aliasing and stuff like that that just wasn't activated in this footage that should be when the game comes out because that's so standard nowadays um but yeah I, i'm not worried about starfield i think starfield's gonna be a very fun game maybe it's not gonna be a 10 out of 10 that's fine it doesn't have to be a solid 8 out of 10 starfield is probably gonna be one of my favorite games ever and that concluded uh, for me the the main game showcase on sunday um i thought it was a really good show um it was really weird i mean obviously a lot of people's takes are very dependent on their like platform per preference and all that crap i thought this was a great show especially when they knocked it down to like this is what to expect in the next 12 months and if they do that again next year and the year after that and the year after that it's only going to get stronger i didn't think this was a weak lineup i thought it was a really great lineup of games that was very light on first party, but was very heavy on third party and most of them being on Game Pass. Like um, a big thing I noted too, is I think that they showed 33 games and like 30 or 31 of them were gameplay. Um, I think there was one or two just straight up CG trailers. That's a big deal. That's a that's a big deal because in previous years, Xbox has caught a lot of crap for being like an entire show of trailers. And I think that's why they limited this. I think there's two reasons they did 12 months with this one. One, so they could show games that had gameplay. And two, so they could retain that Game Pass player base to say like, hey, this is what's coming. Please stick with us. Um, 
I have seen talks um, of people being like, okay, well, maybe like they should do this E3-ish show where they talk about the next 12 months. And then maybe like in the fall or winter, they should do like a further out show where they talk about what's coming in the next two or three years. What games are getting in pre-production? Which games are starting actual production? You know, show us concepts, show us CG trailers. You know, maybe that's the conference where we can say, hey, there probably won't be gameplay here because these games are years away. But here's at least a hint of what's coming. And I, and I think that would be cool. Um, um, there's also a chance that by next summer, when they do a similar show like this one, they may have more to show us from further down. My guess is that them limiting this to 12 months was that they felt really good about the next 12 months of what they could show us. Maybe not so much about the next 18 months or 24 months, but we'll have to see. A bit of an add-on to that show was on Tuesday, they did an extended showcase. Which, for all, all things considered, was pretty feature-rich. It had multiple new things, things that weren't in the showcase on Sunday. Um, for me personally, there was one, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a game that was shown. It's one of those, I think it's called, is an isometric game, but it's where you know one player plays as the bad guy and then like four people play against them and it's like the friday the 13th games and stuff like that and so i saw a lot of excitement about that um we saw valheim is coming to game pass on pc uh this fall and then uh on xbox next year um, which is really cool that's that game is very interesting to me and i'm probably gonna end up playing it on pc though i may just kind of hunker down and wait for xbox but we'll have to see uh, they showed Fall Guys, which we know that's going free to play and multi-platform on the 21st, I believe. So here just in a few days, which is really exciting. Um, and I believe they showed off a, a master, a master chief outfit for, for the little beans or whatever they're called. So, and the last feature I thought was super, super cool. And if you have any interest in the war in Ukraine and kind of what is going on there, um, I highly suggest at least checking out the end of the Tuesday extended showcase for Xbox because it showed um, a little basically mini documentary of um, Stalker 2, um, which is made by a studio that I believe was based in Kiev. Uh, and it was really interesting because it showed how they were like taking down their office and moving. And I believe a bunch of their devs moved to Poland. Um, but at the time of that, and I, maybe now I'm not sure, like martial law is in, you know, in order there in Ukraine because they're in, you know, a full scale war with another, you know, large country that borders them. And, um, while a lot of the employees were able to leave, especially the female ones, the many of the men couldn't leave because they're keeping them there in case they need to be called up uh, to fight. And they even showed towards the end of the show, multiple people who work there who are in the armed forces and are doing the thing. Um, it's pretty wild. It was a, it was a really interesting kind of look into, you know, some of the direct impacts of this war on things that we love. And I understand there's some people who feel like, you know, games are like their escape from that kind of thing and all that. And, and that, and I can respect that, but like, at some point we have to realize that like games are political games are made by real people who feel things and are going through things. And in a situation like this or in other situations, as games become a much more legitimized form of art, 
we're just gonna have to you know you, people are either just gonna have to suck it up if they don't like it or enjoy the fact that games are going to start reflecting like real life and things are really going on and i think that's great especially in this case so that was the two bethesda shows i thought they were really really good i was very excited by a whole bunch of it and um it's it's been another one of those situations where i've tried to be pretty careful to not uh be too concerned about what people uh, think or say about it uh, from the outside because especially larger creators and podcasts and stuff like that um you know they're just they're more worried about the clicks than they are about giving like like there was so much of an attitude of being like well it didn't have this and it didn't have that and blah 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 and that's fine but like at some point can we just freaking be happy about something for once like can we just be like that was pretty dope that was really good. could it have been better obviously for sure but was it still pretty damn cool yes so now that's just my take on it i thought it was a great show i thought the extended showcase was actually really good as well and uh and yeah i'm happy to, I'm, I'm happy to see it and i'm excited for when a bunch of these games come out and i can play them uh in the stalker 2 they say is coming out next year i figured it would be delayed for years but supposedly they're still targeting uh 2023 so I will buy that game, even if it, even though it's on Game Pass, I'm gonna buy it, and uh, I, I will definitely play it and, and maybe do some fundraising and stuff um, around that time. So, okay, uh, so some other stories this week: uh, Final Fantasy. Uh, they had a big anniversary stream, and it was so funny because I remember seeing some of the chatter about Final Fantasy. Uh, full disclosure: I could not care less about Final Fantasy. Not my thing. I think I. I think I played a couple of them on like, gosh, could it have been like a Nintendo or PlayStation one. And the problem is with that era for me, I was a little kid and there's a pretty solid chance that either one, it was like a demo disc or it was like one of the final fantasies. And I played like a 10 minute demo a hundred times. And in my brain, that was the whole game or it was just another rpg game or a game like that the turn-based game who knows I, I honestly don't know but that said uh this 10 minute stream that a lot of people expected to be nothing turned into uh they announced the name of the next uh the part two of the final fantasy 7 remake which has been a really big deal uh part one was called integrate uh part two is gonna be called rebirth and that it's coming i think next year um they announced that crisis and it's gonna be playstation exclusive we'll see for how long uh crisis core 7 which is another kind of like an offshoot of final fantasy 7 is coming i believe later this year and it's going to be multi-platform interestingly enough and then the part one of the final fantasy 7 remake uh will be on steam later this year i believe so uh, it's not gonna be on the xbox yet uh, which a lot of people thought it would be but this little 10 minute uh thing ended up being a much larger thing and that's really cool um for for the people who were into that uh that's that's really exciting so good for them uh hitting a couple shorter stories here uh activision blizzard uh announced that they uh after an investigation into whether or not they ignored uh legitimate concerns about uh, sexual uh, abuse and, and you know and harassment and stuff like that uh, it was found that they did not do anything wrong the caveat here is that they investigated themselves 
<laughs> and hold your breath. They didn't do anything wrong. Um, they're, they're catching a lot of shit for this right now, which they should. Um, I, I believe I remember when this investigation started, I, I believe they hired like an outside firm to do this. I want to say it's someone who is involved in some pretty high profile investigations in in some recent years. Um, but you know, I, I don't think it's uh, that big of a deal. Um, it, nothing's going to come of it. That's just the way these things go. And um, I think the biggest hope for act, uh, hope for Activision Blizzard is that the acquisition goes through and that they uh, uh, that Xbox can clean things up there and Kodak you know, gets booted and they can kind of start changing the culture there. It's not going to happen overnight. And um, yeah. I don't know. It's just a bummer of a situation with them. So anyways, uh, the next story I, I thought was kind of funny. I noticed it pretty big this week. Uh, Star Citizen is uh, definitely doing a, uh, a a big marketing push right now. Uh, suddenly, after the Starfield announcement and trailer came out, uh, obviously, there was probably a lot of interest in space games. And uh, seems like Star Citizen really uh, jumped on that bandwagon by um, definitely not paying a bunch of streamers to suddenly start making content and streaming the game. Um, it's really weird because it's so obvious when it happens. It, it, it always cracks me up when a new Ubisoft game comes out because uh, they pretty much, uh, you know, I'll never forget. Uh, so the Division 2 came out and I believe... I think Breakpoint came out afterwards, the Ghost Recon game. And I'll never forget seeing tweets by someone and, and probably a few people um, of uh, you know, the Division 2 came out and there were a lot of people playing it and its Twitch numbers were good. And then they dropped down because that's how looters are. Right. And I'll never forget that when Breakpoint came out, um, like like the day it came out, someone made a tweet like, huh. Breakpoint's kicking the division's butt because Breakpoint had like 80,000 people watching it and uh, the Division 2 had like 20,000 or 25,000 or something. It was still fairly popular, right? And um, I'll never forget that if you looked at the the Breakpoint uh, viewer, like the, the list of streamers streaming it, it was like three, it was like Shroud and like Dr. Lupo or it was like, it was like three people who were like 75,000 of the views. <laughs> And were clearly being paid to play the game by Ubisoft. Like they were doing an ad, right? Um, or a bounty or whatever. And like they weren't they weren't playing that game because they enjoyed it. They didn't give a crap about it. Because as soon as that ad ended, they never touched it again. Probably didn't even think about it again. Um, and so this is definitely, you know, Star Citizen. It's such an interesting game because um, I don't want to say it's like a cult. <laughs> but it kind of seems like it is maybe a little bit. But it's like the people who are invested in it, like really believe in it. And I think it is like a thing of like when you have skin in the game, you're just going to be biased. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, as long as I, you're at least like honest about it. Right. Like as long as you like acknowledge that, like if I didn't have money in this, my opinion may be different, you know. But then the people who hate Sarsis and like really hate it to me, it's just it's just weird, like. Like someone on my Twitter today said it's the best game they've ever played, which is cool. Like there's nothing wrong with that. That's really exciting for that person. But then I'm sitting back like the game's not even done. 
from the last things I've seen, it's like not even close to being done. And it's been in development for like what, 10 plus years now. I think they crossed the $500 million revenue mark. I don't know if that's, um, I'm sure obviously it's revenue from you know, profit from the game. I don't know if that's also from the huge crowdfunding thing that they've done and have continued to do. Um, so it's like, if you're into that game, like that's cool. But like you have to at least be able to acknowledge why people on the outside are like, oh, like, oof, like this game does not seem like it's on the up and up. This, it basically seems like one of these things where like the more and more money they got, they just kept layering on more and more stuff, and it's just like they they just promised so much more than they could ever deliver, and either they just aren't going to deliver or they're going to work on it and keep raising money for 30 years, which, you know, I'm sure there's people who will be there for it. But uh, I just had to kind of point out that I did think it was kind of funny how really blatant they were this week when it came to, uh, you know, that they're doing some paid ads, but you know, good for them, whatever. Uh, the, the second to last story here is there was just a really cool thing I saw this week um, for any of my Mass Effect uh, fans or anyone who um, is excited about a game that's going to be on Unreal Engine. Um, I saw a update that was actually shared by the Unreal team about someone who took their... So they have this metahuman thing, right? Where it can make like randomly generated humans who look like really legitimate. Like, like it's weird. It's super weird. They look so real. But what's um, maybe even more impressive about this tech is how integrated it is with animation stuff. So like um, not only does it randomly generate these humans, but it can they're automatically like perfectly uh, rigged up to do talking and emotions and their eyes moving naturally and all this stuff. Well, what this uh, this retweet was or the share was was that someone had adapted that system to work with non-human faces. So they showed an example of like a very alien looking alien that they had figured out how to make the system work with them. Um, and for someone like me, who's really excited about the upcoming mass effect and stuff like that, like obviously for the next mass effect, they're going to have such an easier time, um, you know, randomly generating or making all of these unique looking humans and Asari and maybe even Quarians if they show their face. Um, but what are they going to do about like Turians and Salarians, um, and Krogan and stuff like that? Um, in, in two ways, one making a bunch of unique looking models so we don't have an Andromeda situation where they're all the exact same one and it's awful and two being able to quickly you know have them ready to do animations and stuff and so if they're able to do even if they can't do the random generation if um, Bioware is able to utilize this animation rigging thing it's such a big deal because a part of this metahuman system is that say like i could record um this podcast and i could take a metahuman and i could um submit this mp3 this audio into that system and it would automatically move their lips appropriately for my audio file i'm sure that there has to be fine tuning done and stuff like that for really cinematic moments and stuff like that. But the fact that they have a system that can 
pretty much easily to take voiceover and and you throw it right in there into unreal and it in there and the characters will will do it now i'm sure you need to do things like like uh at least pick you know like animations for their emotions and where they look and obviously but i have to imagine that that lip sync with audio with voiceover has to be one of the biggest parts of an animator's job and has to be so time intensive and for whether it's the next mass effect or any of the other games using unreal 5 in this metahuman system and all that i'm really curious to see what we hear from devs in the future of them talking about how much productivity they were able to have um, and how much things were sped up in their game development process because of that so uh the last bit here will be um a first take on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I played it on Game Pass. If you remember from like the 90s, the arcade Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games where there's just button mashers and you could play with a bunch of your friends. That's what this is. It's so good. If you have access to this game, especially through Game Pass, play it. I've played through three levels. I may never touch it again, but I really enjoy it. It's so fun. It's so satisfying. I'm playing on easy level. If you want to see some gameplay i do have it on my youtube channel it's just bond diesel i have some uh 1440p footage i think it's about 12 or 13 minutes of gameplay and it's just a blast it's so fun it, it looks so good it moves it controls really well um yeah definitely definitely check out that game if you can um it is fan freaking tastic I am going to move into the listener questions part here. So um, these are questions that people have asked me on Discord or Twitter or YouTube or wherever. Um, if you are in chat and you happen to be listening to this live, which I'm doing on Twitch, uh, you can ask questions in chat and I will catch them before the show is over. Uh, but we do have two questions here from Discord. Uh, the first one being Pizza Morgue saying, have you played the quarry? If no, have you played any of those sorts of games? I think I remember you mentioning you picked up Life is Strange uh, a while back, but I don't remember you ever saying anything about it. So I haven't played Life is Strange yet. I know they did that like remaster and I intend at some point on playing that. Um, the only games like this I've ever played um, were the Telltale Walking Dead games, um, which I freaking fell in love with. I think it was last summer. I played all of them through the summer and was just like, you know, I have a young baby, you know, at the time, a young daughter, we are in this crazy pandemic situation. Um, it's just, I really got into it and I've tried to play a couple more since. And I think that maybe that game was just a very unique situation for me because I haven't really gotten into the other ones. Um, the quarry I've been seeing stuff about how, how incredible it looks. Um, and, and I'm definitely curious because it seems like there is like an insane number of possibilities that you can go through and that it is like kind of, it's not as gameplay intensive. It's kind of just like, and, and there's even modes where you can just play as like a director. Um, so I am interested, uh, but no, I haven't played it and I haven't done life is strange yet, but I am curious to at some point. The second set of questions here comes from master prime on discord it says, is it okay to play overwatch, uh, knowing the blizzard Activision controversies? Yeah. So th that's a really common topic right now because it seems like you can't really hit any especially AAA dev, but even a lot of indie devs without finding that they have like a producer who did this or that, or that they treat their employees like crap or this or that or the other. And I believe it was a take. And I think it was by someone, either Jeff Grubb or, um, 
or Mike, who he does the game mess with, um, I believe it was one of them saying like, Hey, these games are being made by the people who you aren't mad at, you know? And, and if you, when you play those games, you're, you're justifying their work and you're giving attention to the things that they worked really, really hard on. And yeah, some nasty people are going to benefit and profit from it, but you're also, you are helping those people who don't deserve, you know, to be punished and things like that. And so uh, maybe it's just copium or something. I'm not sure. Um, but I think it's okay to play a game like Overwatch, even though, you know, they're having so many issues over there. Um, I think there's a lot of people who aren't the bad guys who benefit from you still giving attention to that, that product. Um, I think at the very least, people should just try to be informed, stay up with these investigations, stay up with these acquisitions, stay up with like what happens to Bobby Kodak and things like that. Um, and those, those devs who do get called out, those producers and directors and stuff who do get called out for harassment or being abusive or forcing people to, you know, crunch more so than is necessary, things like that. Um, that's how you can kind of make up for it, I think. Uh, and then the second question from Master Prime, do you play pixel art games? Um, I've dabbled. Um, I, I like it. I think it looks really cool. I want to say Dead Cells should count as one of those. I love that game, even though, like I said before, I'm not very good at it, um, but I really do enjoy it. Um, I love the look of pixel art games. Um, there's definitely been a few that I've tried that I didn't jive with the gameplay, but I pretty much always really enjoy the look. So yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you for those questions. Uh, again, make sure if you have any of your own, hit up my Discord, um, hit up my YouTube comments, uh, hit up my Twitter uh, or the podcast Twitter at the EchoCast. Or if I'm live streaming like I am right now, the recording of the podcast, you can always ask in chat. And finally here, we're going to do some content updates. The only thing I really have right now is that there is a huge sale uh, going on at BioWare. They had a this helmet I'm giving away. Um, it's a $150 helmet. I got it cheaper than that. I got it for like 70 bucks. Uh, it was selling for $15 today. Um, and it's very cool. Uh, it is sold out, but there's a bunch of stuff they're selling right now and it's all mass effect stuff. Um, I think there is something worth discussing there, but maybe not this week. Um, my guess is they're trying to clear out inventory because they might have some runs of some maybe cool stuff coming sooner than later um, but we'll have to wait and see if you want anything from the bioware store whether it's mass effect or dragon age or anthem because they still have merch for anthem on um, you can use uh, my uh, bioware ambassador code for 20 percent off that code right now is bw sales s-a-l-e-s that'll give you 20 percent off if you try to use that code um, just dm me and I can always make a new code for you. I can make as many codes as I want. Um, so if one expires or gets used too much, just let me know and I can get you a different code. And that works for almost everything on their website. It's a very cool. And that's where, that's where we're at. I'm going to wrap this thing up. Uh, if you would, please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And don't forget to rate the podcast, especially on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, if you're on the YouTube, please thumbs up this video. Subscribe to the channel and leave a comment to help with the algorithm. Uh, you can find me all over the internet as Bond Diesel, including on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and on Twitch. 
please check out my the echo cast and bond diesel merch at my Streamlabs merch store and the link in the description down below that is all i have so until next time I'm